Welcome to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. Hell yeah, you're throwing the fucking goat. I don't know, the, <laughs> the horns? horns? Throwing I, up the horns? Why did I say the goat? Just because I associate with the devil. Yeah, like Baphomet you, is like a goat-looking yeah, thing. Yeah, you get it. Like a <laughs> Satan kind of a situation. You're rocking out of the we're intro. we're getting hellish. We're getting hellish on this, on this <laughs> podcast. This morning we're getting hellish. We're getting hellish. And it is the morning. We're recording in the morning. <laughs> recording in the morning. And you can't tell. We're that hellish. <laughs> uh, we love doing so this demonic. show. So demonic. So yeah. demonic. That's what the show is. It, you know, there's parents that were refusing to let their children listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're telling people to like jump off a building. Wait, don't. Don't say that. Never mind. <laughs> Cut that out. We're not. What's it called? That weird, creepy video that was online. The one that the uh, the bird lady one that was like. Mac- oh, uh, well, what was Momo. That? Momo. You're not Momo. Yeah. I don't want to Momo anybody. We're not going to Momo. Okay. And also. You know, screw the person that repurposed that person's art to like try to get kids to hurt themselves. Is that what it is? I didn't yeah, know that's what it was. Yeah, they found like it's like some Japanese artist, I believe. That's I had only it. seen images of Momo and never, I was like out of, like I'm far away enough from like Slender Man and stuff. Like I, I'm like, oh, okay, that's fun, but I don't really give too much of a shit. So I never did research on Momo. Uh, I think I read just like a brief article yeah. about it and them saying this is where that image it comes from. Ooh. Yeah. I mean I mean that sucks. That's like Pepe the Frog got all fucked up. Yeah, exactly. The guy who made Pepe's like, Can we please have it back? And it's like, no, it's long fucking gone. You gotta think of something else now, buddy. Yeah, sorry, dude. Make a new it sucks. Make a new uh frog. <laughs> make a <laughs> make something else something entirely. Else entirely. I would steer yeah. away from amphibians yeah. altogether. Sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. <laughs> People will ruin stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's, that does suck, though. That must be such a bad feeling. Yeah, it has to be a To be like, I made this art, and now it's, like, permanently associated with alt-right assholes. Ugh. What horrible. Like, that would imagine suck. somebody getting hold of Hellboy that's, like, a group that you're, like, not wanting to Thankfully, be Thankfully, it's with. so, like, ingrained in its, like, it stands up on its own. Like, that guy was just, like, an indie comic maker who was like still small like if yeah. he had like gotten a bigger foothold maybe and been like more of a but yeah that would suck if somebody took that like Mignola's imagery and tried to be like I mean however you could try to spin it towards being like pro-Nazi like good fucking luck yeah good luck because not but right people now. take like you know Captain America shit I don't know yeah I don't know let's just hope it never happens yeah <laughs> we'll stop it Um, speaking of like art <laughs> You had a little tip uh, for our listeners before we jump into the further into the oh, yeah. segments Is that of the count as an art tip. I don't know. I okay. feel like it's an art tip because yeah, because you're preserving. The yeah, thing. you're preserving art because you we, we when we get the bottles of beer from yeah. Gigantic Brewing, um, we're collecting all of them. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with them, the bottles, and because yeah. I want to display them at some point. But who knows? But you figured out a way. If you just want, you figure out a way. If you just, I, I'm laughing because I hit my mic. Can't hit her mic in a funny way. <laughs> and I, I tried to my thought got broken up. Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> uh, we're goofy this morning. Yeah, it's silly. But you can't tell. Yeah, too hardcore. <laughs> but uh, she has figured out a way, a simple way to be able to remove. The labels. labels, if you just want to save the art and be able to display them versus 
art plus bottle. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of like little tutorials online, different ways to take the labels off of bottles. Some, there's different kinds of glue. And if it's a dry glue, you can pop it in the oven on low for like a 10 minutes and they like pop right off. This one is like a sticky glue that's on the Hellboy bottles, uh -huh. on the gigantic bottles. So you just, um, and I thought this would ruin the label, but you submerge it in hot water with just a drop of dish soap. And then 15 minutes later, you come back and it's like kind of loosey goose. And you can, I had to like sort of start the corner with a razor blade, just kind of sink a razor blade behind between the label and the glass. But once I did that, I could like carefully peel it off really easily. And then I just laid it out flat on a piece of paper. That's amazing. Yeah. And it looks, it doesn't look like it really fucked up the color too bad. Like it, I was like trying to see if it was, if it looked drastically different, but not really. That's great. Yeah. Some people use like baking soda and like vinegar and stuff like that, but water and a drop of dish up work great. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. It's a great tip for all Save of you that. out there that have those bottles and want to, want to get rid of the, recycle those bottles. I just didn't have a, I was like, I don't know where I'm going to put these. Like, yeah. We have all, my Hellboy stuff is really accumulating now. <laughs> Jessica's like, what are we doing with that? Good thing I didn't buy anything she on my vacation. <laughs> no, I mean, I would like, I, I still am figuring out ways to keep it, but just for the bottles, I was like, I gotta just see if I can do this in a, in a way. And I, I was taking a roll in the dice, but it, the first one worked great. Apparently it worked. Yeah. yeah. How long did it take you to do all of them or have you done all of them yet? I only did, I mean, they, they take like, I put them in the water for like 15 minutes and then they came right off. So you could do it in like a couple hours, just like, you know, just dip them in there and then you walk away. Cool. And come back. And some people were like, for some bottles, like, oh, the label was like floating on the top when I came back. Like, I guess it just depends. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then how did you know what the glue was? how did you determine that? Um, there's, if you like, there's like tutorials on Google, but like, basically if you like pull it back and it, it should feel still like tacky. And then that's the like tacky glue oh. as opposed to like a dry, like crusty, almost kind of a glue. Like I'm trying to even think of what else I've ever seen that has like the dry, like I didn't run into the dry glue. They're both, they were both like the tacky kind of sticky one. It's like, I don't know. Love it. I don't know the true classification of these things. <laughs> but the, but okay. when I peeled it back, you could just still feel it was like a little sticky. Great. So I was just like, well, I'll guess. I mean, I, I, I still wasn't 100% sure. sure, but I was like, I'll just throw it in this water. And if it gets <laughs> fucked up, then, <laughs> then I'll be mad, but then it'll go away. <laughs> that's very funny. Yeah. Uh, well, that's great. I mean, it's yeah. a super cool tip. And are you going to end up framing them? What do you want to do I with think them? I want to. Yeah. Once I have all of them, then I'll like put the stick them all in a frame. A long frame would be neat for like each one. There was this diner back in PA that had like all these old like antique soup can labels that were like framed in a long frame. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so I might do something like that for each. I don't know if I want to do each one individually or one as like a whole piece. Right. Well, you'll have but plenty we'll of time to decide. Yeah, we'll find out. Because you got one. We still have. We have not tasted two of the of the six. So. Yeah. Well, we haven't gotten to those yet. Yeah. So plenty of time. Well, that was a segment we like to call <laughs> Hellcraft. I'm a collector. <laughs> a collector. I'm a collector. Oh, evil collecting. <laughs> I don't know what to call. I was trying to come up with something clever. I don't know. I always That's just, just what the guy said. I just said incorporate in hell. The, yeah. <laughs> That's what the guy in the video said to no, you? No, the guy in the comic, in the BPRD comic. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking Oh, of. yes. He is the a collector. collector. 
We will get to the collector. That's how I, I don't week's. think he talks like that, but that's, but that's, that's a great segue because we're going to be discussing the first two issues slash chapters of the Universal Machine yeah. this ep- um, episode. We're getting into that next BPRD storyline. But before we can do that, we have a couple segments. This first one is really just uh, we just want to do a big shout out. People have been praising him you know, forever. But just yesterday, as we're recording this, as of yesterday, October 4th, the man, Mike Mignola, has officially been inducted into the Harvey Awards Hall of Fame. Yeah. That happened last night. So congrats to him. Um, I think that is a well, um, beyond well-deserved um, honor for him. Yeah, Very totally. cool. Do you keep up with the Harvey Awards or anything like that? I, I tend to not... Not really, but this is neat. I'm like looking at the website now. And also, what's her name? Who wrote um, Fun Home? Alison Bechtel. Alison Bechtel got inducted as well. Yeah. Two great artists. Of course, we're focusing on Mignola, but. Oh, you (laughs) got Jack Davis in there too. There's a lot of good ones. And a bunch of people from Mad Magazine this year that were. Posthumous. I, I guess. Humus, humus, I guess because because uh, it's like over now, right? Is Mad like not going to be published anymore at all? I know they kind of did like a refreshed sort of a run. I think you are right. I think they're. I don't done, totally done. know. I, again, somebody could correct us because yeah. I don't. It's not that I. You've had a bunch of Mad magazines for a while, right? I still have a couple. That's I have a couple. I, Shit, I forget to bring my Wizard magazines. That's okay. Dang. We have other episodes. So we're gonna that's be true. That's this true. isn't the fin- finale of this, ep- I know. Of this podcast. <laughs> I was looking through an old Wizard magazine and I found like some interviews with like, uh, like the or just like articles that were talking about like the second Hellboy movie and a couple things that were talking about BPRD. I was like, oh, that's neat. I'll bring it in. And then I tell you, great. That. Well, maybe you can save them for when we get to the actual second movie. If it's yeah. Yeah. That. Ooh, good call. But that's a Great find that you had discovered. Yeah. So fun. I mean, they talk about Hellboy a lot in this, but yeah, God, such a good magazine. I miss yeah, it. Yeah, really. It, it's sad they don't have certain things like that. Yeah. Um, there's so many websites now. Yeah, but just <laughs> billions of websites to choose from. Uh, with sometimes just the same info. Yeah, exactly. With a different headline. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but again, back to uh, this award. Yeah. Again, unlikely he's listening to us right now, but congrats, uh, Mike Mignola. Yeah. Very cool. That could be our sound clip, and then he could just listen to that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm not going to listen to two hours talking about a thing I did. Like, yeah. he's too modest to listen to a thing talking about his stuff for that long. Like, I feel like he wouldn't, he would never. No, and I wouldn't ever ask him yeah, to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for you, Mike. <laughs> yeah. It's for it's us. Not for us. This is for them. We've not taken you. your thing. <laughs> we own Changed it now. It, yeah. Oh, gross. <laughs> We're not in a forum. <laughs> uh, but great. Moving on to the next segment, we got oh boy email. <laughs> we have two emails to tackle in this segment, so let's get to it. This is coming from our, you know, friend of the pod. Our professor, our official professor, Pitaway. Yeah. He titles this email, Langdon Everett Call. Dear Hellcasters, so I know you got my translations too late since you recorded all at once. Yeah, he's heard what we did with that, but we'll get to that later. Uh, But I hope you found them interesting regardless. I did want to share a final thought from the dead before we move on. Too late, but well, of course, we'll go back. Yeah, yeah. Abe Sabian's real family name is Call. 
A call is the name rarely used these days for the membranes, the membrane surrounding the embryonic sac containing the baby. Did I say that? Ambionic? Embryonic? Ambionic. A-M-N-I-O-T-C. Uh, let me see. Oh, man. Sorry. Thank God I have a, a professor that emails us and a scholar of words as a co-host. Oh, amniotic. Amni- amniotic. Amniotic. Thank you. Yeah. I was just like, I was like what really, I'm messing about? that up. Amniotic uh, Amniotic fluid. sac containing the baby. Also known as afterbirth. This is <laughs> afterbirth. <laughs> I really just wanted to really. Sounds like, like you're selling a toy. <laughs> also known as. <laughs> also known as afterbirth. afterbirth. <laughs> you like Crossfire? Well, you should try afterbirth. <laughs> uh, then, yeah. Okay. His email continues. Uh, this is significant symbolically, as call is the sack where Abe formed. And now he is born as a wholly new person. In a way, the whole Abe story in this series is him seeing Call for the first time and understanding that he is a discarded remnant of his previous life. Oh, cool. Very cool, right? Yeah. Like, I'm blown away by that. Like, because one, I'm like, I, I never would have registered with me in a hundred million years. Yeah, I know. That it's just, <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. I feel like it's I've, very cool. I'm so glad that. <laughs> Pitaway wrote us. This. <laughs> Thank God we got a professor. You know, I, seriously. I, when we started this podcast, I blatantly let all of our listeners know that like I love learning facts like this. Yeah. I tend to not instinctually go after them or like. It's I not, just wouldn't even know where to start with that. I yeah. wouldn't have. I mean, at this point, I should assume that like no detail of the com of like Mike Vignola's comics are chosen like lightheartedly. Like it seems like he does do something where it's like everything is assigned meaning and stuff like that I should have assumed but I just wouldn't like I didn't think about that like I feel like I'm googling shit left and right but like the name itself I didn't pay too much attention to so it's really cool that yeah. he pointed that out it's very cool I, really I love this it. detail and it's what an amazing little find and like in a sense it's like an easter egg yeah. similar to the folklore stuff that we get yeah. on the Hellboy storylines this is just a Easter egg for what his name mean and behind it. And again, it's something that doesn't necessarily change. It doesn't like, it's not no. like a twist or change anything yeah. about the character. It just gives this fun little Easter egg of thing about his name. Yeah. And about, oh yeah. Like just informs the story a little more. It's like, yeah, neat. Love that. Yeah. Fun fact that will make your, you question your life choices. Cauliflower is also named for the same call as the bunches were thought to resemble a call. Just like the uh, sack. Sweet. Happy eating with that <laughs> image in your brain. Yeah, really. <laughs> you eat this baby. I had cauliflower last night. I'm fine with eating babies. I'm fine oh, with eating I mean, babies. Cauliflower babies? <laughs> Me cauliflower. <laughs> cauliflower. <laughs> Told you it would get hellish. I had buffalo cauliflower last night. It it's so good. I had that on, our, Delicious. on my trip with uh, Beth recently. So good. Uh, up the coast in, yeah, like in, outside of Seattle, we had cauliflower it's buffalo. awesome. I would, I'm not a wings person. I am a wings person, but ah. I also, I just like the buffalo. I like the flavor of buffalo sauce so much. I like it on cauliflower, but wings are just, yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little bitch with it being so I messy. I mean, it is a big mess and I have a pile of obnoxious, like an obnoxious pile of 
napkins after I eat wings. <laughs> like it's very stupid. Well, you better, or you're gonna be a yeah, or else I'm just gonna be a gross. dirt. But yeah. then I, you know, I like clean up and then just eat another wing, and the whole thing starts all over. Ah, hitting that microphone. I'm gesticulating wildly. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a big fan of the buffalo wild wing oh, cauliflower. So good. Cauliflower is so good. And then he closes out by saying, "There, see, I can be brief too if I want. <laughs> I just don't want to." Love you guys. Don't don't make us ever challenge you to be brief. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've gone on eleven tangents since this podcast recording <laughs> yeah. started. We we know how to keep things long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what's funny is he immediately followed up that email with a second email. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, also. <laughs> It literally is that. <laughs> this is our second email today comes again from Professor Pitowed. It's titled Nationality and Other Stories. Ooh. He says, Dear Hellcasters, I know I was going to just have a brief message, but I lied. <laughs> <laughs> I re-listened to the podcast and it's and it sparked some things. And my brain being my brain, I gotta tell you about it. Let's hear it. Thanks for re-listening. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, that alone, I'm like, great. Thank yeah, you. Awesome. <laughs> uh, in the last hunt, Hellboy is explicitly called an Englishman, and he corrects the individual in question immediately saying American, actually. So we can therefore conclude that Hellboy does consider himself American mm. regardless of his differentiation diver, or parental figures. Oh boy, why can't I read? Derivation? Derivation, derivation or derivation? Where Deviate? he's derived from? Yeah. He's probably, God, Professor, <laughs> you're so smart. Can you slow down? I'm taking notes. <laughs> uh, well, that's cool. The last hunt. Um, it's not the wild hunt. Does he say the wild? Is that the wild hunt or is the last hunt a different thing? I'm just, a, uh, I'm just wanting to know if that is a, uh, if he's, if I'm forgetting about a story called The Last Hunt or... I'm only seeing The Wild Hunt come up when I look up like Hellboy Hunt. Yeah. Maybe he meant The Wild Hunt. Yeah, I think he means The Wild Hunt. He can correct us if he wants to on that. Uh, he wrote The Last Hunt. I don't know. But I think he means The Wild Hunt. Oh, yeah. Maybe we finally got the professor. Yeah, right. <laughs> we got him in a corner. I'd probably exactly. be like, no dummies, it's this thing from... <laughs> he probably is right. Yeah. Or it's like, yeah, whatever he means. Yeah. It's very cool that now we have a definitive to what he considers himself, which is American. Yeah. Very cool. We haven't gotten to that, of course, um, in our readings as of yet. But then he continues, as to accent, I grew up in Kansas City, then moved to the East Coast. This means I was raised in one accent, Midwest, and then transitioned to a new place with a different accent, D.C. area. After high school, I moved to Baltimore, which has yet another speech pattern. I can tell you I picked up vocal mannerisms from all of those places and more. My father worked for airlines most of my life, so I traveled a lot. So, for example, I, I like some older Missourians, pronounce the state Name as Miss Er, uh, not Miss Uri. So Missouri instead of Missouri. My sister, on the other hand, says Missouri, despite being raised in the exact same places by the same people. I also crossed my sevens because I learned I could from a German teacher and my handwriting is terrible. So I started doing it to help others dif differentiate my from sevens from my nines. Oh, from your nines. nines. Don't judge me. I crossed my sevens too. Oh, really? I thought it was for ones though. I don't know. 
But I mean, for me, I mean, I'm sure it could be like to differentiate between any of them. Yeah. I don't cross any of it. Yeah. I keep, I don't even cross my T's. It's confusing. For <laughs> I everybody. never dot my eyes. <laughs> I never dot my eyes. When I'm <laughs> Everyone's super confused, but I'm like. This makes a lot of sense. <laughs> 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 we never do. Please do not ask Dave to write anything. <laughs> uh, he continue. That's so funny. Do you really not cross your T's? No, I'm That's... a total joke. <laughs> <laughs> For a second I bought it. I was like, wait a minute. Because I'm a fucking good actor. <laughs> uh, and I just thought it would be funny. <laughs> Uh, then he continues. So I expect pinpointing Hellboy's exact accent would be difficult. In addition, Professor Broom was often away during his childhood, and due to his growth being abnormal from a human standpoint, we don't know how that would affect influence fa- influencing factors. I expect he would have an American accent on most things. For example, I doubt he pronounces the L in Colonel, but he also retain he must retain something of the accent if the individual in the last hunt, I think he means wild hunt again, assumed he was English. But since America was once an English colony in the individual is older than your average human, he may not recognize a difference. Do you like how I'm dancing around spoilers? Because it's hard. <laughs> That's really, I think this is great. I love this is further further information and discussion about what, what we discussed when we had that question from our other listener. Yeah. Which was, it's just awesome. Um, I also thought about this, I think off mic, is like maybe he sends um, mid, what is it, mid-Atlantic? What is that, like where it's proper speech, where it's not exactly. Yeah, like mid-Atlantic or transatlantic. Transatlantic, yeah. Accent. I was like, I, they're the same thing. Is that true? Okay, yeah, yeah, great. yeah. I thought he might sound like that. Oh, Be- like like an old timey movie actor or something. Yeah, just because he'd he'd or like at times because he'd be like going in between the two. Yeah, of like sort of trying to mimic who he might not be around all the time, which is Brim, yeah. and then around the Americans. So the, it to me like the 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 combination would be a sort of something like that maybe, yeah. and that to me would be we haven't read this story, but what professors is pointing at is like perhaps that that could be to me like if he's talking a little bit like that somebody'd yeah. be like where are you from you know yeah yeah <laughs> like he might correct it quickly yeah. or he'd be like it's in the garage and they'd be like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> excuse me hellboy excuse me hellboy <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah um but yeah it's very cool um good thoughts on yeah. all of that um now you mentioned the board game, which gives me an excuse to bring it up. Johan's obsessive researching behavior is in the game as his deck of Doom card. So there's absolutely a parallel with this comic. If anyone from Mantic listens to this podcast, I just want to say that I need the Seraph. Seraphim is the plural. The Seraph. Seraph. So he's saying Seraph. Seraphim is the plural as a model. Got it. Cool. The combination of the hard and soft areas in the waving skin flaps. Ugh. I just <laughs> really want to paint that. I've already heard. They're so cool. Looking. Yeah, they're very cool. And then he says, I just, uh, I've already heard reports that they are do- working on a Damio model. So I'll be patient on that. <laughs> yeah. I, you probably just, they must like, they, they must, they have tons of storylines already, a yeah. box of evil and, and a couple of others already out. Um, which I don't have because <laughs> I don't have that money. Yeah. I also think of Guy Davis for Abe's look just like you guys. 
I think it's because for all of Mignolo's many virtues, his drawing of Abe was always so stiff. Guy Davis gives him personality and facial expression. In addition, he very carefully made design choices to tie Abe and Langdon together visually. Yeah. I would 100%. I think we've already mentioned, but agree. Yeah. I really do associate Abe now so much with Guy Davis. Yeah. Not that I didn't like him prior, and he was very well-formed. It's just now I'm like, oh, that's it. That's yeah. the definitive. He like really comes into his own as a BPRD character. Yeah, and less of like a side character. Yeah. Because that's what we sort of associated with in the Hellboy book. Yeah. Until, until sure. he leaves. Very cool. Yeah. Then his last uh, statement is, there's a part of the sketchbook in the back of the trade for the dead where they spell out explicitly that the seraph bursts out of Gunter's chest and his skin forms the wings floating behind the creature. Cool detail, because it's something we discussed, like, how, what's happening with him. So his flesh forms the maggot grub portion with the iron-like chitinous mask for the face, and his skin is floating in diaphanous halo behind. So when the flesh reverts to to Gunter, his skin is still peeled off. Oh, that's why he's... So his California raisin, thanks, Kate, (laughs) (laughs) form is him flayed of his skin. Hence why he seems to be in such pain. Ugh. He's handling it pretty damn well for being yeah. fucking skinned. And yeah. I'm not saying he's not in pain, but he's just like, eh. Yeah. I'd be like, fucking kill me. Yeah, I'd be screaming. <laughs> Whatever sounds I could make is what I'd be doing. That's great. Sorry, I didn't read that sketchbook in the back. Sometimes <laughs> I don't read all those details. Or sometimes I've been doing a weird thing. I don't know about you, Kate. I have not been reading any of the, uh, this is a dumb habit of mine. I don't read any of the sketchbooks until we finish everything in that in that book. Book. I don't think that's. I mean, you're you're just going through it like it's kind of a because we're we're, we. I don't know. That's fine. Because sometimes we've left one volume to go to another because we're going off a different order. Yeah, we're hopping back and forth. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to read like the afterward. You might read something or see something that you're like, ah, shit. I wish I didn't spoil that for myself. Yeah. So I'm being very meticulous about that, especially on the BPRD stuff. Um, but that's very cool. I love these details. And he says, and he just finishes off by saying, okay, now I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Love you guys. The professor. Love you. We really appreciate these emails. Yeah. This insight is wonderful. That's why we call you the professor. (laughs) (laughs) Those were great. Thank you so much. Uh, Your additions to this professor and all of you listeners always enhance the show. Yeah. We really appreciate appreciate that. That is this week's Segment of oh boy email. <laughs> Drum solo's back. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break. When we get back, we're gonna jump right into the first two issues slash chapters of the Universal Machine. Yeah. Hello, listeners. We have a very cool and big announcement for the finale of this season of Aw Crap, a Hellboy podcast. To cap off season three, we are going to do our first ever live show. Yeah, (laughs) it's going to be Saturday, November 2nd from 5 to 7 at the amazing Arsenal Comics and Games. We're going to be covering Hydra the Lion. And if you guys are in the area close to Arsenal Comics and Games, which is located at 1601 Newbury Road, Thousand Oaks, California, 
91320. <laughs> then come on by. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. We're very excited to do actually yeah. a live recording of this show with an audience. We hope we have like a, a rambunctious audience. Uh, I say that because we have one first off, as Kate said, we are covering the Hydra and the Lion. It's going to be the capper for season three, one shot Hellboy story. But we have great guests line up that are from directly from Arsenal Comics and Games. We got the owner, Timmy Hugh. We have Matthew Wilson and Aaron Cornelius. We have a lot of guests that love Hellboy as much as you. But in addition to that, you will be provided the audience, an audience mic. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means that we're going to set up a mic that will allow you to chime in. Of course, you got to be polite and don't cut anybody off. Yeah, don't be a dick about it. But we want to hear your input as we go through the... <laughs> don't be a dick about it is going to be the rule. There will be an audience mic so you can chime in yeah. give your thoughts uh, in regards to the Hydra and the Lion as we go through those pages live yeah. on Saturday, November 2nd. And also, in addition to that, there's going to at least be one giveaway. Oh, yeah, we got to be giving something away. <laughs> yeah. You came all the way out to Thousand Oaks. <laughs> You're going to get something. You're going to get something. <laughs> and it's not just going to be our us, our faces in real time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to be it. Our first very live show will take place again on Saturday, November 2nd, 5 to 7 p.m. at Arsenal Comics and Games at 1610-1 Newberry Road, California, 91320. That is Thousand Oaks. It's going to be a great time. You know what I think it needs? You know how great it is? I think it needs a drum roll, okay? Welcome back to Ah oh, Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and today we're talking about BPRD, the Universal Machine. Whoa. Yeah. Written by Mike Mignola and John R. Cutie. Illustrated by Guy Davis with Mike Mignola. Um, but these first two are uh, Guy Davis. Colored by Dave Stewart. Lettered by Clem Robbins. Edited by Scott Alley. And originally published... Back in, as BPRD Universal Machine 1 through 5 um, in April through August of 2006. So we get like the color cover in this version, which is neat. You still don't have yes. all the like title and everything, but it's like very cool. Um, we get the remains of Roger on the front here in front of an as yet unknown stone building. Yeah. And some like symbols here. We just have like the sun and the moon and some stars, some celestial stuff all around like Roger here. Really neat. Yeah. It's a very neat and also very um, like probably the most, I'm going to go on a limb and say the most mysterious of all covers of, as of yet. Yeah. You really only get like the smallest amount of information. And there's like, we still don't know what's going to happen with Roger. And then we don't know the setting or anything like that. We like it's very much like a big question mark. It's cool. Yeah, very much so. And then uh yeah, the issue itself itself starts off with um Abe and Abe and Daimyo overseeing the like bombing of the <laughs> site where the uh where Katha Hem emerged. And they're kind of just talking about it like, well, we better do this just in case we would be, yeah. it would be silly of us to a week later be like, we should have really bombed that. And then they're just talking about the level of destruction, how many people were killed, like, um, 1700 dead in this city. And like the city itself is all destroyed. 
And they just keep, uh, Daimyo keeps thinking about Roger. And then it cuts over to Kate and Liz looking down at Roger, kind of thinking about how they, they, they as of yet don't know how to like regrow homunculus, homunculi tissue. Yeah. But Johan's not giving up. He's like looking through all of these books, but they're in code and it's tough. Like they don't know what they're going to do. Kate gets a call that she is uh, late for a meeting. It like cuts to that meeting and she's meeting with uh, Andrew Devon. Devon. Yeah. So they're just kind of talking about, I guess he's like also a specialist who is like great at translating or like knows about these kind of like ancient texts and stuff like that. And he's just like kind of there because he's like super interested in the book that they're looking for. The Flama Reconditus. They're they're talking about like, okay, you have this, you have this uh, secret fire book. I want to check that out. You're also looking for this other crazy rare book. That's like a phantom that's only been spoken about and never like seen before. And I want to help you find it. So he's going to go with Kate to this part of France to a, uh, what is it? Able, Able, Ben, uh, you're, you're Ablen? asking, you asked me, <laughs> uh, Able in France. France. Yeah. Able I mean, in France. Able in France. Um, yeah. So there, uh, this is like such a flood. Like this comic is like such a flood. It feels so cinematic. Like, like, previous BPRDs have, but like, I feel like they're really just like rolling through in a, in a really like smooth way. Yeah. I think there's storytelling is so much in these storylines for how much they have to get out. I feel like they do it really efficiently in this first issue. Yeah. It cuts right from like a picture that uh, Devin is holding to the town itself, but now there's no like, well, actually, the uh, the picture he was holding had no, like, structure on the top of the hill, but we'll see about that in a second. <laughs> yeah, so there's, like, this little town at the foot of a hill. They're kind of, like, walking up. Kate's talking about how we got to get this book, but we're not going to do it just by going in there and being like, I'm going to buy your book. We have to be his friend and have to know about the history of the town. And, like, collectors like this are weirdos, and you got to be, you got to seem like, you got to, like, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, like court them. Kind of, and be like, I deserve to have this book. Yeah. If we're gonna get this thing and try to save Roger, so she's talking about the history of the town. There was this rich guy at the top of the hill who had this crazy collection of all just all kinds of weird shit. He had like a huge menagerie, and among them was something that people thought was a werewolf, but it mm-hmm. was probably just a gorilla or something. Yeah, like a bamboo. Yeah, a uh, bamboo. A bamboo. Baboon. Bamboo. Bamboo. Nah. It's a bad, it's a bamboo baboon. I saw it at the movie Ad Astra that has a bamboon in it, a bamboo. And I, since then I can't feel like I can't say that word of that. Bamboon. I feel like that's a really strong baboon. I am very bad Because you're putting bamboo together with it. Now I'm not saying it. What is wrong with me? I don't know. No, nothing. You're fine. Those are two, that, that could happen to anyone. Yeah. So she's, she's just talking about like. So this rich guy was here. He kind of weirded out the locals. Some kids started going missing and they were like, it's this guy. He's feeding all of his monsters, our kids. We got to go up there and set him straight. And then this huge storm rolls in while the riot is happening at this castle where he lives and structure is like completely destroyed. And Kate's just like, well, we don't know for sure what exactly happened. You know, the most elusive part of history are the facts. Yeah. So like, 
her and Devin are just kind of talking about that. Like, so the town is like created from pieces of the rubble of that destruction of that. Like, however, it was either like a bomb or some kind of like fantastical situation. Some yeah, kind it of might like, be a little more mystical. Yeah. yeah. So they don't know yet. They get to this uh to this guy's shop. Oh, and there's like a little like you kind of like pay attention to this part of the story sort of thing. About a hundred years later, the curse was uh, the curse of the Marquis de Fa- Fabre, 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 yeah, was expun- um, expunged by Pope Sixtus V. The people returned to the city and the most uh, using the most readily available material. So it's like the pieces of the destroyed thing. But yeah, so that specific Pope expunged the curse that was there. And yeah, so that's like, pay so attention that's where to we're at. Yeah, yeah. yeah, pay attention to it for sure. Yeah. So yeah, knowing that will make me the collector's friend. Sure. If we can find him. So they open up the, uh, like walk into the shop as they find it. And it cuts back to the BPRD headquarters in Colorado. Daimyo comes in saying, you know, oh, Kate went on vacation. Liz is like, no, she's trying to find this book to help revive Roger. Right. Remember Roger, your friend. And Daimyo's like, he's dead. So, he, like, they're kind they're of like all mourning in their or grieving in their own way. And what, yeah. like, Daimyo seems to be the kind of guy that's like, just move on. Well, yeah, I guess, like, as a soldier, like, they all have like their own like philosophical standpoints on like death and what it is. And mm-hmm. they really kind of explore that in this whole storyline, which is really neat. You do get to learn so much about all of them, not just their backstories, but just their, st- their, their like stance on death and dying and everything. And yeah. It's yeah, really totally. Cool. I mean, we definitely get a lot from these. This story is, yeah. is, I mean, we have that overarching humongous, but now we're about to open up like, oh, let's get some backstory on all of our ladies. Everybody, yeah. yeah. Very um, interesting. Yeah, Damien's like, he's sa- clearly sad, but he's like, poor Roger's dead. Death is complicated. Jesus, Johan. Like, it scared Johan, him. Johan like, <laughs> says it from the back of the room. Why the hell are you hiding back there? You almost gave me a heart attack, or you want to give me a heart attack? <laughs> like, oh, sorry. So, like, Johan's back there, and this is just like the first of Rod uh, of of Daimyo putting his like foot in his mouth, kind of. Not exactly because he's not like embarrassed about it, but he's like he's saying shit to Johan, like, um, how can you say death is relative when when faced with that? The fact that that like Roger no longer has a head or a body. He's like, how can you say death is relative? And then it's just a panel of Johan sitting there as a disembodied, like (laughs) ectoplasmic being in a suit who doesn't have a head or a body. And he's just like, you know, you can't like see his facial expression, but you can imagine him, his like giving pause to that statement. Yeah. Um, it's perfectly done. The, yeah. the pacing is beautiful. And the fact that, and then they also let Liz kind of chime in and being like, ask the man who is dead for three days. So she's like pointing out the hypocrisy. Like not only is he saying like, he's saying this to Johan who has no corporeal form. And also he himself was dead for three days and <laughs> yeah. now is sitting and drinking coffee in the kitchen. So it's like, yeah, it's like, sh- shut up, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're like, what? Let's talk about you as well. Yeah. You're, you're among all of us. I think it's also coming back to like, sort of up to this point, Damio sort of kept himself very separate, right? Yeah. And without, without saying it, he sort of treated all of the BPRD agents as 
as freaks in a sense, right? What they yeah. like not I wouldn't say he's been rude or called them freaks or excluded them, but he sort of has sort of like kept it, it, it too close to the chest for lack of a better term. Yeah, he's not really letting himself get close to anyone. Yeah, and then he did and that person got fucking blown away. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like funny that this is also bringing it back to be like without in better better writing from them saying we told you you're one of us like yeah. you're one of us don't act like you're not yeah you freak <laughs> you fucking freak you freak like me <laughs> um uh, yeah, it's it's really cool like just their like blunt conversation that they're finally getting to have and they're actually all like reciprocating and answering and it's not like I have to run and go kill some frogs like we can't <laughs> talk about this right now like they finally do have a chance to sit down and talk about it yeah which is really cool and then, meanwhile, back at this shop, this French guy greets them, this collector. I Oh, that's it. Thierry. Thierry? 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 I don't I know. I am th- Thierry? Thierry? Yeah. You, you got it, but, but I'm going to go off of your lead. Something like that. <laughs> um, he's like, hello, travelers. Welcome to my shop. He's just like, you know, sort of like a looks like an oddball kind of art collector guy. Yeah, he very much looks like to me a little bit like... A French, um, um, uh, oh my gosh, like the Andy Warhol. That's exactly yeah. you read my mind. Yeah, Andy Warhol. Totally. <laughs> yeah, because he's got these. He's just got this like placid face that like isn't really showing a lot of expression. He's got this like weird haircut, basically. And we'll find out that definitely the way he treats things seems like Andy Warhol. <laughs> yeah, it's like pretty. Yeah, like, yeah, he's he, collecting I mean, odd Andy shit, Warhol collected and friends. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, like, the, his hand extended at in the very middle of this panel at the bottom of the page that shows this ring. And then he immediately kind of, like, talk, he, he talks about that. He tells Devin to speak English to him, uh, even though Devin, like, knows French. And... Yeah, he's like, this ring was worn by Pope Urban VII the day he expunged the curse of the Marquis de Fab from Ableben. Well, it's a reproduction, of course. The original, uh, not the original, but nice, yes. And Kate corrects him. You mean Pope Sixtus, don't you? Why? Yes. Yes, of course. Like, you know, like, yeah, that kind of moment of like, okay, like, I guess he was testing her like at first you're not sure it's like are you wrong and you're because like at this point my like hackles go up because i'm like who's this freak like he is he not who he said he was is this like not the guy who yeah uh, he's like presenting himself as because he doesn't know about the history or he does know the history and he's saying it wrong on purpose to test them and I think it's the latter. In I this think you're case. right. Yes. But it's like he's introducing himself again and just being weird in general. So you said, <laughs> yeah. I'm Dr. Corrigan. Like, and you see like, Kate's eyes kind of like narrowing a little bit. Yeah, I like, love that okay. shot. Okay. <laughs> because <laughs> when she says, uh, I love that, uh, and, uh, the narrowing a shot of the close up, but then I love the one on page, uh, the next page where it says, and he's, she's like, Dr. Corrigan, of course. Yes, wonderful to meet you. That. And he, she has put his his hand on her shoulder, yeah. and she's very wary now. Yeah, she's, like, she's like, like fully side-eyeing fuck? him and, like, 
you know, just looking like her just body, her posture is like uh, stiff and like getting creeped out. Devin's going to try. He's trying to like let the headquarters know what's going on, but his cell phone's not working. There's no reception. Derry's like, go out there. There's a phone booth. And Devin walks out kind of like still testing his phone. Meanwhile, back in the shop, Theory basically continues testing Kate to kind of like see what else she knows. He's like, you know, they're like sort of playfully talking about these different like objects that he has in his shop, seeing like, uh, like, do you know what this is? Well, yes, I do know what this is kind of a thing. Yeah. Until which, which ends with him pointing out this monkey and he's like, do you know what this is? It's a werewolf says Kate. Cause she does. She knows like she told the story to Devin earlier where it's like, yeah, it was probably a, I think he, I think he like points out what specific monkey it is. You mean earlier? Uh, later. I think he does. But right. right now he's just like, she turns and says it's a werewolf. And yeah. And like, it's to be joke about the history of like, they yeah. thought it was a werewolf is actually this other animal yeah. that they just never seen before. Yeah. So they freaked out. I, I love how creepy the human clock is. I didn't do any Googling, but that. That is really weird. Yeah. I like uh, the idea of a kid, a- a- Anderun, who was always counting. Yeah. So he knew what time it was. And then he had a heart yeah. attack at 11 because I guess he was counting too much. You'd think so. What a freak. <laughs> You're just <laughs> freaks today. Just throwing out freaks. Um, and then. Yeah, so they just kind of had this like back and forth where it's like, okay, maybe he's just a weirdo, but she's getting somewhere with him. Maybe she will get this book. How great would that be? And then it cuts back to Daimyo taking a piece of cake out of the fridge. Like, yeah, just- or is it a... I, kept, I look at it. I don't know why we're going to dissect this. <laughs> it looks like to me those Rice Krispie treats that, that people will put them... Icing on? Butter, or they'll put like chocolate on top of. Mm, Have you ever had those? That sounds good. No. That's what it looks like to me. That sounds great. Just saying he's handling that cake... He's not handling it like cake would. I feel like a cake, you got to pick it up yeah, from the it's bottom. It's a little more delicate. <laughs> Whereas a Rice Krispie treat, you could like throw it across the room. It would look the same. Yeah. Uh, it's firm. Either they way, I'm to- hungry. <laughs> 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 that sounds good. Yeah. So he's, he's like apologizing basically to Johan about what he said. Johan's just like being very diplomatic and like he's, you know, he he's not like super offended, I don't think. You just rejected the relativism of death, but Elizabeth makes a point. And then Daimia's just getting so defensive, like, why do you spend so much time here? It's not like you drink a lot of coffee <laughs> like, <laughs> immediately. He's just kind of like got his walls up the whole time still. Yeah. But yeah, Johan's kind of just like continuing to talk about how there is like there there is like relative things about death for them. Like their reality is like yeah, like I'm a disembodied person, uh, like person, and you were dead for days. Uh, what makes your situation different? And he's like, you know, still not telling them. Like, why wow, you want to make a family album? <laughs> so... They're like, why? Just tell us. Like, tell us what happened. Um, even that in his response to that is defensive as well. Oh yeah, everything. he's just like, who who says it's a secret? <laughs> yeah, like, and then he says, you've got the clearance to uh to write to Marine Corps Intelligence. They all send you a copy of the report. In the dictionary next to the entry for passive aggressive is a picture of you. <laughs> like, it's like go right to the Marines and tell. Like, they'll tell you. <laughs> they'll give you the report instead of just like, okay, we're your friends now. Just tell us. Um. 
and yeah, like they continue to kind of go back and forth with that where finally Liz is just like, leave him alone. Even after all we've been through with him, it's obvious we're still just outsiders to the captain. And he's like, got him. Fine. All right. <laughs> yeah. And he finally is like, puts his coffee down and is like, I'll tell you guys. Ooh. And Liz is like, <laughs> he loves close. Up, there was, that'd be funny if there was a panel like close up on her heels. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> Go on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then it cuts back to Kate and Thierry talking in the shop where but they're yeah, like, this yeah, is... this isn't a real, like, of course, you know, it's not the real werewolf. It's a mandrill. That's it. Mandrill. But no superstitious Frenchman had seen such a creature in the 15th century. Yeah. And then Kate's sort of like defending people back then where it's like, they weren't superstitious. They were just like going off of what they knew and they just hadn't seen anything like that. Yeah. If that thing showed up on your, in your town out of nowhere and mm-hmm. you'd never seen it before, you'd fucking freak out. Yeah. <laughs> and she's any like, animal. I don't think we're really any different when things go against conventional wisdom now. And he's like, Oh yes, you're truly enlightened. If anyone wants my opinion, uh, but I have a book to find. And like, we're going further and further. This is like a pretty big shop. We're coming to realize it looks like Dr. Broom could, spend a lot of time in here there's yeah. like books and, piled on top of each other and like old artifacts and uh yeah as i was reading shit. it i start especially as i was like wait what is going on like yeah if like you're paying weird. attention to those panels you're like things are getting tighter there's more clutter yeah and it's like but this is just a small town what the hell and I, you start right, to get a like hint of something a else. weird place it's like does your oddities shop really make that much money that you have this <laughs> like you guys can keep the doors open here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's like leading her back through more and more. You kind of don't see an end to the shop. You just see like the the like ceiling, the beams on the ceiling, like going back as far as you can see. Yeah. And then outside, Devin's trying to reach anybody. Somebody's using the phone, just gabbing away in there so he can't use it yet. He's asking people if there's another phone, but they ignore him. The woman leaves and he's like, finally, <laughs> and that goes in. Um, I think he's a little impatient. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, he's, you know, he's a nurse. He's got to talk to, he's got to let the BPRD know where they are. I'm sure. For sure. Yeah. And then here he's continuing to lead Kate around the shop. They're like going deeper and deeper there. Now they're, it's like being said, it's like, oh, this place is bigger than it looks yeah. from the outside. And then he sort of talks about how. I wish I could see, uh, of course, if I could only think of the world as storage for things, then my collection could finally be complete, yes? But that requires a very communal philosophy of life and property, no? And I must confess that it is not in my nature to share. And he's like saying like this kind of just odd shit about like, things are mine. Things are mine. (laughs) Things are mine. And Kate's like really like comes to this like clearing and like sees how huge this is. And there's like odd bookshelves, like not floating, but like attached to the ceiling in a bizarre way. Like things kind of defy physics in here a little bit, how they're stacked up with each other. Yeah. It's just like eerie and weird. It's very, very eerie. Not to mention like the stuff in this collection is fucked up. It'll be like a wrapped up tangle of snakes (laughs) <laughs> next to a man's hand and that's next to a rat with a human skull <laughs> yeah. and next to a tentacle and like a mechanical eyeball. 
uh, is there something wrong? As like Kate is like, what the fuck is uh, this? <laughs> like a huge, like weird fish skeleton. I mean, I love that panel. Yeah. I think it's one of my favorites. It's really neat. The opening up to the space. Terrifying to be in that. Totally. It's Maybe, like bizarre. Your mind can't. I mean, how did your mind even wrap around a bit of it? You know? Yeah, it like Good defies logic. This it's like really like Wonka esque kind of situation happening now. Ugh, evil Wonka. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Devin's outside. Like, don't put me on hold. Listen, I I I gotta talk to you know. I gotta talk to Manning. And then he sees the area pulling the shade down on the shop, and he's like continuing to talk, but he's like noticing that, and then. A closed sign goes up on the window and he's like, I got it. I'll call you right back. And he, this door's locked. He busts in. He smashes the door down, like kicks it down. Yeah. And it's an empty small room with one cabinet with a broken window containing a painting of the house that used to sit on the top of the hill Ooh. with a light on. Yeah. Creepy as hell. Creepy, dude. <laughs> Creepy. He's wow. like, what the fuck is happening? And that's the end of chapter one. That's chapter one. And now we're going to get into chapter two immediately. Crazy. Um, I love this this Universal Machine. As as I read it again, and or read it for the first time, and then you know did a repeat uh, read for the show. Yeah. Man, it's dense. A lot happens in this story. There's, in these five issues, I feel like they lay so much out. Yeah. And it's like, it's not that it's not a fun read. I meant like my brain characters was, and aspects of characters in this one that's like, oh, I've been hearing about these for a long time, like fan favorite kind of things where it's like, oh, wow, I just got a lot of info about all of these things. Yeah. Like two in particular, um, one of which is on the cover of chapter two. We see Daimyo with surrounded by like skulls and bones and a huge jaguar face behind him. Yeah, that's I'm like, okay, I'm finally gonna see this. Like, yeah, we're gonna gonna learn about this, which is cool. And then also Rogers still like just torso. Yep. Um his blown away torso. Yeah, just still there. I absolutely love this Mignola Jaguar on this cover. Yeah, it's the, really cool. God, the Dave Stewart colors on the eyes and the red. Yeah. What a oh, whoever is holding that issue right now in their hands right now. <laughs> I'm very jealous because it's gorgeous. Beautiful. All right. Well, let's just jump in. Yeah. We see in the beginning of this of chapter two, Abe writing in like a journal, writing how he just sounds very sad and he sounds really formal even for Abe in his writing. Yes. Which makes me think of call a lot. And it also starts off with an, uh, like a photograph of call's wife. Yep. So it makes me think like either Abe is like reverting back to this like person, like mentally he's like kind of stuck on that where he's like thinking, am I call, but I'm not anymore. Yeah. Like, is he trying just, and this is one page and there's so much in it. Yeah. He's like ignoring Liz's phone call and he's like saying that he can't sleep and he might start using drugs to sleep in my difficult. Uh, if my difficulties sleeping persist, I think I shall f- seek pharmaceutical assistance, which is like very formal for, Abe so it does make me think like oh call is like 
taking up space in his brain right now. Definitely. Or he's just, like you said, reverting almost like am I reverting seems like un, um, he's not in control of it in a sense. Yeah. It's just kind of taking over. But there's a part of me that goes, is he, is he purposely trying to, because he thinks, will that make him at least is that an identity? Yeah. It's like one answer. It's like, I don't know if I'm fully this person anymore, but at least if I'm that, then I'm something. And instead of this mystery that was just like found in a tube. Yeah, exactly. It gives him like some identity. Or trying to make up for what he did. I don't yeah. know. It just seems so, uh, it's just dark. It's rough. One page. I mean, and he's also, he's in our old robe, which I can, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's writing at Call's desk. Yeah, all of that you just know. seems so, Abe. Yeah, poor Abe. Poor Abe. And also you want to be like, shake him out at like, yeah, you on, are Abe. You're buddy. not, calls nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> but well, You got to get outside, walk around. <laughs> yeah. I guess this Colorado mountain's too treacherous. You can't like go outside. Too bad. Um, <laughs> And then Liz is cut back to the break room. Liz is like, he's not answering. We should page him. Um, this ain't an emergency, Sherman. Leave him alone. <laughs> like they're just trying to get all of them to listen to. Yeah, yeah. But she's like, yes. oh, I just think we should all be in the same room if you're going to talk about this. If like, you're going to talk about this, everybody should be You're breaking here. a record here. Like, you've never spoken about this. Um, <laughs> he's, like, kind of joking, like, why don't we get some cameras, sell it online? And then Johan's like, maybe we should record it. Sit, Sit down. down. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they're talking about, I love this little part, too, where he's like, Finally, finally, Daimyo's telling his story about his like origin story, basically. Right. Spring of 2001. I was in Bolivia heading, heading up a platoon on an extraction mission. And then Johan interrupts him immediately like, actually, in Bolivia, below the equator, it would have been autumn. Just shut up, Johan. Like, he finally starts telling the story, and Johan has to be like, oh, well, if it was south of the equator, it would. <laughs> You've, we've all had a friend it's like so that. It's so funny. Yeah. Someone that constantly is like recorrecting. You're yeah, like, like, oh, well, if it's that, it's like, shut okay, the fuck up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Can it's I my fucking story. tell my story here? <laughs> Jesus, you asked me. Uh, it's so funny. It's like such it's a perfect. little like interjection. And then, yeah, so it cuts to Bolivia and we see like a slightly younger Daimyo leading this platoon, as he said. He's kind of like just basically having this conversation where it's like they tell me what to do and I go do it kind of situation. Like he and he's leading them out into this part of the jungle where I guess like some nuns were kidnapped or something and they're trying to figure it out. These two go ahead, uh, two of the soldiers or Marines. I think uh, I either they're mar- I think they're Marines. So they two of the Marines like go ahead to scout this one area as they're like getting closer to where they're supposed to get, and they see a figure that looks like a nun sitting by the water, and they reach out to her like we're here to help. She whips up, turns around, and it's a jaguar skull under in like nuns' clothing. Yeah, the ham is um, it a what is it called the. Oh, habit habit. Yeah. Sister act two back in the, <laughs> I don't back know in what, the habit. back in the habit. That's yeah, right. That's a, back in the habit. Yeah. This is sister act three. <laughs> <laughs> sister act three. Yeah. Sister. <laughs> Whoopi's revenge. Whoopi's revenge. Wow. Um, <laughs> sister Mary Clarence. That's a good movie. The first or the second? Both. I haven't, 
I don't remember the second at all if I even saw it. Oh, I'm really enjoying the first. The second movie's great. Very different, but very good. Okay, here <laughs> we right. go. So yeah, uh, Diamond is like, hold fire, like waiting. He can, it's like held up by string, this thing. This like grotesque nun jaguar thing. And then they're suddenly surrounded by people who have like, who are armed with like spears and Yeah, they seem to be the bows. natives or aboriginals. Yeah. They like shoot an arrow towards Daimyo, but they miss. Um, and then like, okay, Bennett, you know so much. Who the hell are these guys? Hard to say. Um, and then he's talking about how like local folk tales talk about a displaced jaguar cult. Yeah. And they're sort of like the boogeyman. Nobody really believes in them, but these guys must be like copying them to scare us. And so they're sort of like, one of the Marines is kind of like, okay, tell us where these nuns are. And he immediately gets shot in the neck with an arrow. <laughs> God. Which is so brutal. All like, and then they just fucking unleash fire. Yeah. They don't with, even hesitate. Yeah. They're like Oof. lighting these guys up. Um, this like Jaguar cult. And Daimyo's like, fucking stop it. Now we have nobody to question about anything. You just fucking blew them all away. And then something dark starts to like emerge from the jungle. And they're just like, stop cold in their tracks. And the thing like continues to emerge. And we see like sort of claws kind of dragging it out of the jungle. What a cool way of using those wispy lines. Yeah. Just the line. It's just like a dark shadowy figure that's like has no form yet that we can see except for like the claws in the head. Yeah. And they're just like frozen looking at it. And then Abe walks in. Excuse me, Liz, (laughs) uh, you were calling me? (laughs) Interrupts the story at just this like. Just when we wanted more. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then cuts back to France where Devin is like trying to talk to the locals like, please, excuse me, like. Can anybody help me? Basically, somebody talk to me. My friend is missing. What is the matter with you people? And it zooms in on the (laughs) painting with the light on in the house. And then like on the other side of this window of this lit window, we see Kate. So she's like trapped in there, like mysteriously kind of trapped in this like nowhere place that exists in this town with this guy who we're still like not 100% sure who he is, but you basically know who he is if you're, you know, yeah, totally paying attention. You're like, oh, well, this is the guy that they, that whose house blew up, who was on the top of this hill before. Yeah, it's like, all right, yeah. he's still alive. All right, okay, yeah, now. you're still alive. You live in this sort of like in-between area. He's like escorting her into this huge chamber uh, I don't want to keep you in suspense. We see like all these taxidermied freaky animals. Mm, yeah. Kind of like Griffin looking things, sort of like a giant horse, crazy Hydra. Yeah. Crazy big ornate paintings. And then we see a bunch of figures seated at this long table who are all like sort of like, what is that style? Like this old French powdered wig kind of situation, like a Louis the 16th kind of thing. Where yeah. They're all, like, I think you're right. Super like, just dressed up like super ornately and crazy. They're having all these little figures are having fun grunting and stabbing a bird with forks attached to their fingers. Yeah. They're like almost 
I can't. They look vampire like almost. Definitely, yeah. They have like vampire. They have like bat noses and little like nubby bat teeth. They remind me of the demons. Even though I wasn't, a, I didn't watch the show very much. But when I saw them, they remind me of the demons from Buffy, the TV show. Oh, the of the vampires. Yeah, I feel like they remind me of the look of those of their design from Buffy the yeah, Vampire Yeah, their faces Slayer. are all like they have like these angry looking like foreheads and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Very much looks like that. Too. Yeah. But they're fucking eating a they're torturing Dude, you gotta a bird. Watch, you got to watch Buffy. It's all so right. Funny. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> um and so Thierry is like they never seem to tire of that. Like he's just like oh my little friends are so weird and they're having fun. <laughs> Kate's like grossed out they continue walking past a painting of the devil uh where are we uh 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 you are upset <laughs> yes i know just the, like he's just such a creep a creep you know yeah i mean i i without uh, in the harm of making a dumb joke i just keep thinking this guy needs to get me too <laughs> like i hate him so much he's just bad <laughs> and he calls uh le Gurk. Le Jerk? Le Jerk. Yeah, the this jerk. Le, he calls Le Jerk. Le Jerk. It's not Steve Martin. Le Jerk over. <laughs> He's like, bring me some wine. And it's this little sort of like bent over figure, Quasimodo looking guy who brings wine over. And Kate's like, no thanks, because she knows not to take candy from strangers. Yeah. But then Thierry just yells at Le Jerk and is like, she didn't even try it. She doesn't want it. She's just disgusted by you. Get out of your, get out of our sight and like kicks him. He's being a real asshole. Yeah. I, I love the detail, though, of that little wooden crown with nails in it. So much going off in every little detail of every yeah. character in this world, this weird world that we're now trapped in. Yeah. <laughs> and he puts on this little hat, too. And now he <laughs> fully looks like he's like out of his disguise, basically. And Kate calls him Adet de Fabre. So yes. the name of the guy who was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yes, Dr. Corrigan, you are in the court of a dead Marquis de Fabre. Does that really startle you with all you've seen in your career? So he's like, yeah, that's me. That's me. And she's like, well, you guys were, you were like destroyed 500 years ago. It's pretty cool. And he's like, a man with much to offer and shrewd, is a, who is a shrewd negotiator can strike a deal for anything. And then it cuts to the painting of the devil. So yes, it's like, you. okay, you're up to some evil shit. You're like, you're still alive because of some evil dealings that you did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. And he's like, now I'm going to negotiate with you and like pulls Kate up into a chair. So it's like, Ooh. okay, this book might not be so easy to get. <laughs> no, it's not going to be. Uh -uh. Can't just pull it off the shelf and walk out. No. This yeah. ain't no library. It doesn't come with a bookmark for free. <laughs> like Skylight Books or something. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> cuts back to the break room where is like, no, I'm not going to start over again. <laughs> I love that. Uh, he's like, I'm just going to pick up where I left off. So, and he does. He's telling the story. The Marines are just blasting gunfire into the jungle but like they're getting ripped apart like yikes decimated completely like arms getting shorn off and stuff fucking heads getting ripped off everybody's dying daimyo uh is like keep fighting keep shooting and then like people are like the marines are just running off into the fucking jungle god they are obliterated mm -hmm. <laughs> it's disgusting yeah, they're just, like, torn apart completely. The last Marine who's with Daimyo is like, this is, I think we should, we should, like, 
I guess it left. Do you think we're safe? He's like, fuck no, we gotta, we gotta call on the radio. We gotta, and then turns around and it's the fucking nun Jaguar who attacks him and rips his face. And that's how his face gets all fucked up. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's a bad cut. That thing, fucking, like, dis- it's disgusting. Yeah. Like it's brutal. They really captured the whore in these I moments. I hope I never get bitten by an animal like that. Uh, it better only be my cute dog, Dot, if I have to get bit. Yeah. She's bit my nose before. Yeah, Poppy bites my nose a lot. <laughs> Yesterday I was walking Poppy and this big husky was there like on the sidewalk. And the guy was like, oh, she's friendly. I was like, oh, can I pet your dog? Like, it's, is that OK? He was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And I was petting the dog and the dog was just like it was like this huge husky. It was like really excited. But I was just like reached my hand out. And then the dog like kind of mouthed my hand. But it fucking did it so hard. And I was like, ah, fuck. Like, uh, the guy, the, I was like, you gotta have a better, tr- like, this dog is so big. You gotta train it a little bit. Like, this thing, like, and then I walked away and there was, like, all these red marks on my hand. I was like, thank God I didn't let Poppy, like, close to this. Like, yeah. he would have, like, swallowed her. Yeah, man, that guy should take better. I was just like, or at better. least know that your dog, like, is fully gonna bite people. <laughs> yeah. Like, it didn't, like, break my skin, but I was like, ow, fuck. It was like hurt you. That's enough. I was like, this kind of that sucked. But I didn't like yell at him or anything. I was just like, all right, see ya. Should have. Fuck. I don't know. Probably, but I'm so non-confrontational to the point where it probably like hurts me on a daily basis. Uh, I was just like, see ya. (laughs) I'm the worst with a fucking dog like wound. His dog, yeah, his dog could bite my head off, and I'd be like, like, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, seeing this, I'm like, well, fuck, that's that's worse. Yeah, fuck getting that much bit off your face. It would be terrible to get especially like it it goes under his like soft tissue. Oh god! And then with a jacked up face, he runs to the jungle, sees one of his like killed soldiers who's just like half of a guy now who's like repeating things from the conversation they had earlier in the jungle he's like hallucinating he falls and this like darkness is gathering around behind him he hears like what starts out as nonsense and then when he wakes up he he kind of like comes to a little bit and sees the decapitated head of one of the soldiers with this fucking little monkey sitting on the head. With like a kabuki who we've fucking seen mask. before in like yeah. the file. Now like we're like we're like oh this guy's up to did, th- who is this? This is a, a, this is another big like mystery that's continued in this one. Yeah, I before we get to the next page which is major. Yeah. I have a question for you yeah. and, and I'm very curious. Do you think this has a little bit of dramatic irony in it? Like do you think he's telling them every single detail? Or do you think we're getting a little bit more than they know? At this point, we're like seeing his memory. Yeah, because I'm wondering. Because they would talk about this. They'd be like, so who was that monkey? Yeah, who was that monkey? And also, didn't you pull one of those from our store? Yeah, hey, didn't you pull out like a crusty looking version of that? Because that's what I'm wondering is. How much is he telling them in regards yeah. to his memory? He might be withholding some of this, I think. I think so, too, because or they would have had to address the fact that because we've had in the dead, he pulled this thing out. Or maybe, you know, I it. guess it's not that crazy to be like, I was in the jungle and saw a monkey or thought I saw a monkey. Like maybe that he's not sense. describing every detail of this thing or the fact that he's seen it again or the fact that it was speaking. Like he might have said like, and then I hallucinated seeing my dead friends or something like that. Right. But yeah. So yeah, the monkey is like presumably to me speaking in the voice of either Daimyo or one of the soldiers. 
calling for assistance, basically calling for somebody to come rescue yeah. them. So it's helping Daimyo, sort of, you think, where it's like he's <laughs> yeah. going to hopefully have somebody come save him. And then this enormous foot comes slamming down on the last panel of that page. And then Boom. on the next page is just this crazy demonic jaguar creature with a fire tail and white birds emerging from its open chest where its flaming heart is beating. Ooh. And these like crazy rib like sort of bone structures are sticking out of its neck and they're on fire too. <laughs> like yeah. it's the wildest looking thing and it's enormous. It's also like, you know, 40 feet tall. Yes. And it speaks to Daimyo and says, the old world is your soul. Leave it there. It is old. The new world is life. Take your life. And it like spits out this or like an opening in its mouth starts to like open and an opening in its mouth starts to open. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like there's a light, light coming is through, coming through, through the, and it's the like, darkness of his mouth. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden he wakes up in his body bag. Yeah. Years later, and everybody at the table's like, silent for a second like how would you respond to that yeah oh. they're like ah so that's how it happened. if i'd have known the story would shut you mopes up this tightly i'd have told it a long time ago and then oh yeah and then johan talks about his death dream so i guess that's how they're inter if he did tell every detail maybe it is just like that was a dream and that happens when people die and stuff like that um mm -hmm. like what do you make of it and he's like death dream you got a name for it but then i guess you had one too huh Quite a few, actually, which is, like, horrifying to think of. Oh, yeah. That, like, Johan has to deal with, like, multiple crazy nightmares like that all the time. Yeah, and possibly, I mean, I don't know what he is essentially doing. Because in this world, if there is, like, an afterlife and he's supposed to pass on, but he's decided to stay. Right, is he just, like, perpetually in this place of, like, seeing kind of shit like that all the time? Yeah, or being pulled across. Back, like, is he is he having to fight whatever force is wanting to make him go forward? Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, there. it's crazy. So that's that's it. A huge jaguar creature, god thing yeah. attacked them, and and I like that it's just presented. We don't get all the facts yet. It's just yeah, there. yeah. It's just like <laughs> holy shit. It's so crazy looking. Love and that. then yeah, and then it cuts back to Kate and. Not Thierry now, whatever his fucking name is. F Fab. Fabre. 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 So now Fabre. Fabre. <laughs> um, so now I'm just gonna act like it's Bill Hader playing this character from yeah. now. <laughs> he kinda looks like him. I <laughs> yeah, right? See. Yeah. If he was if they make uh, the movie version of this in another five years. We will cast Bill Hader. They'll cast Bill Hader. And he's kinda talking about how like basically it was his idea to bring you out here so that we could like barter and, you know, I have this awesome collection. It's so great. Don't have this communal philosophy. Here's the book that you were looking for. He pulls out the uh, true record of the workings of the universe, uh, universal machine of the nature and function of celestial bodies, the transmutation of material of metals and the creation and reconstruction of living things. Now let's talk. <laughs> and that's the end of chapter two. Whoa. He's like, I have the book. This what you want? <laughs> oh my God. And they just, what? Yeah. It's crazy. There's so much. Crazy like cliffhanger. It's, it's like, it's like not quite a cliffhanger, but it is. It's like, I got to know what's like, okay, okay, okay. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Like I would hate to like have to wait a month to get the next one. I know. Right. Yeah. Waiting a month for this would be crazy. Cause yeah. I mean. One of them was just a story, which had its own finality to it. 
but it also opens up a lot more, right? Now yeah. we're like, what the fuck is wrong with Daimyo? Yeah. Or Daimyo. Um, and then we're just left with like, let's talk is such a fun cliffhanger because the book is right there. And we keep, it's like a little bit of like giving her breadcrumbs of like, well, I have it. Yeah. Let's see if we have it. Now I do have it. But let's talk because I'm not just giving it to you. So it's like, oh, fuck. What does this Mm -hmm. creep want? (laughs) (laughs) What do you want, you damn creep? But wow, what a great two issues. It's so dense. It's cool for me to finally see Daimyo like some of that, to have some light shed on that backstory. Can you imagine, real quick, and we know we bash on it a lot here, uh, what you saw in the movie versus that the amazing visuals that you just sat through for his backstory. Yeah. I mean, it would be all, I, it's hard to say, like, it, it's really hard to say. Cause like, even that, like then in aspects of the movie, they were super like faithful to the book and they were just cramming everything in. It's just like, it's like, I don't even know if I would have missed it. Like, I don't even know if I would have missed having Daimyo as a character in the movie. Like I could have gone without having like, I don't know. Like they weren't really that faithful to the book in that new movie. I think I agree. I think the more we read, it's just them cramming it versus being faithful and trying to like yeah. actually crack, crack the characters enough and put them on the screen yeah. to a degree of like true faithful adaptation and, and, and expand them a bit if, yeah. or expand them for that medium. Yeah. The storytelling just doesn't, it's not like, it's just not the best translation of these stories or characters. Like, yeah, it's oh, hard. Wow. Or they just didn't choose the right way to do it because you have to give and you have to take and whatever. Yeah. You have to lose some tough, change things. Just things are going to change no matter what. But this would be insane to have seen in that movie. But like it would have been, it wouldn't, it didn't need to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you were going to adapt it, it would be cool though. Why waste the time on that brief flashback that gave us nothing which is just like a bunch of images moving in a forest yeah versus if you're gonna fucking go you might as well give us this yeah true see what i mean like yeah blow our fucking minds yeah (laughs) like it's right there for you i've never really seen anything like this you know in a movie god damn it like we've had such a great care a building of of daimyo in the comics because He's been so close to the chest. It took his team to really beg him, in a sense, to to actually open up, and he finally does. So, therefore, of course, we're going to get a lot. And it's insane in the movie, their characterization of him is like, I'm rough and I'm tough, but immediately I'm just going to tell you about it. And then I'm also, yeah. it's going to be vague. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it's just, I, I hate comparing because I, I want to focus on these books, but yeah. it's just insane. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it stands to be compared. They're like, you know, so related. Yeah. It's just so cool. Like it's such a cool thing. It reminds me of, I guess this other thing reminds me of this because this came out for this comic came out first, but Mm -hmm. the ritual on Netflix, have you seen that? No, but I've heard of it. It's neat. It has a really neat monster and I don't want to like spoil it too much. That's fine. Yeah. But check it out. It makes you think of this. Yeah. Yeah. There's like aspects of it where I'm like, Oh neat. Like, it can be done in a movie in a cool way, but I think it would have to be its own like focused kind of th- thing. I don't know. That's great. I yeah. love that. Any favorite panels? I do like, the, I like that Jaguar a lot. I think it's really cool. It's so unexpected. The imagery, especially it just fits in the world. We've seen all these crazy gods and different animals. It's like, this is something that like 
it blows our minds, but also goes, of course. Yeah. Fucking, of course this thing exists here. (laughs) I love that. I'm with you on that. I think my favorite panels, I love that first inner in the issue one, the reveal of the, the space inside the, the, the bookshop or the collection. Yeah. I don't know. Fabre's collection and just the breaking of, reality and things just yeah. on the ceiling and her just trapped in there. I think that image is just, I love that panel. I think that panel is brilliant. Yeah. You can look here again. It's like a where's Waldo. You could just stare at what, what is filling up the space. Cause just now, as I turn back to the page, it's like, there's a weird giant hand that has like writings on it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what the fuck is that thing? Yeah. And I love that. I just, they're like such creepy, weird things. I like this page of Devin on the phone with the BPRD. And then when the, like, when he, when Barbara puts the clothes sign on the window mm-hmm. and like, then Devin gets over there, checks the lock and then kicks the door down. Like, <laughs> I just like that. The physicality of that, like in, in that panel, I think it just looks cool. I do true. And also I think it, it's cool because you pointing that that panel out, what I really like is that he's not just like a hellboy who has just like brute force. Yeah. He has to really use like he's using his yeah, body. He's like to bracing hold. himself on the wall and like Yeah. So you get understanding of his own his own strength level. Yeah. But he can still do it. Yeah. It's it's pretty amazing. Little touches like that. I think my other one is uh, I love that panel where the f- the the black creature emerges from the f- the jungle. Yeah, I think that panel is just—it's cool. The colors are awesome in that one. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I if you remove the colors, I think it's fine. Yeah, but I think Dave Stewart really heightens Guy Davis's work totally. here, especially in comparison to like the break room kind of gray walls yes. and stuff of the BPRD. That's very it's really cool. cool. Oh, I love it. It's just great work. All around. And I think you're right, Kate. You said that, like, this thing flows. It's very cinematic. And I think you're right, especially with the density of story that we're getting. There's so much in here. (laughs) It's like, good lord. They are very... I I, I dare... Do I dare say I think this is, like, the most ambitious of theirs yet? Yeah. In the BPRDs? I'm just like, wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's sad, though, being blown away by this. Do you have anything that comes to mind that you want to suggest... Based on what we've I guess the ritual. I don't know if I've already recommended that. I might have. That's okay. The ritual, for sure. Check that shit out. Oh, I I think the humor, real quick, I I, I sort of jumped the gun, but I I didn't have any specific dialogue, but a lot of things you called out I thought were very funny. I think they've consistently kept the humor alive throughout this, even though there's a lot of heavy stuff happening. Yeah. My big, I'm going to, I mean, my go-to is like, go watch, rewatch Predator. It reminded me, the the jungle scenes remind me of the original Predator. Oh, (laughs) you know what movie, did I recommend this recently? Cobra with Stallone? We talked about oh, okay. We talked about Stallone. You talked about Cobra. Yeah, Cobra was such a. It's still in my head. I love it. It just has cool head. like one liners <laughs> and shit. I think he's like worth. I, the movie's definitely worth watching. It's great. great. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah, I love that. Um, God, there's a lot that was coming to mind as we read this references wise, but I was just trying to keep it simple, and then I always forget because we keep going, and I'm like, oh, there's so much. Yeah. Um, Sister Act one and two. <laughs> Sister Act one and two. Uh, of course. And then as we met Devin, this is a dumb thing and maybe a tangent. I kept pulling up actors that I think if they ever did a BPRD show, 
who should play Devin. And I have my two pitches. Ooh. My two pitches are Justin Smith, who was from the recent Pokemon movie. The main character? Yeah. I think Justin Smith. He would be good. And he would probably be a little older by then. Yeah. I was thinking, he, and he could be, or he's just like a, yeah, he could be a little older by then. Or if you want to take a little, another fun turn, I was, I was going to pitch uh, Sam Richardson from Veep and Detroiters. Oh my God. He's so funny. He's so funny. And I realized like, yeah, he could be like a fun BBRD agent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I think he's capable of playing in that realm. If you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know why I, I, that popped in my mind, but I was like. I kept seeing those two actors as we read this. That's funny. <laughs> and then I was like, hey, if you haven't seen either of them, uh, I can't really suggest anything from Justin Smith because the movies of his I don't like. But hell, check them out. Jurassic World and Pokemon I never saw. But uh, He was good in Pokemon. That's great. Pokemon never was saw a it. cute movie. <laughs> uh, but if you haven't seen Veep or Detroiters, definitely check that out. Sam I mean, Richardson's Detroiters so funny. is so funny, dude. He's great. I was in his house once. <laughs> Why? I was helping. I don't know if you want to put this on the podcast, but I was helping <laughs> Haley Mancini <laughs> shoot a sketch. And she, I guess, is friends with him from oh, great. back in the day. And they just shot the sketch in his house. That's amazing. Yeah. Great. And Sorry. Yeah. Maybe don't fine. put that in. I don't know. Well, I mean, we didn't give an address. I don't want to creep him out. Yeah. <laughs> He's not listening. <laughs> no, of course. not. But that's it. That's great. I think this is. A very dense and enjoyable read. And yeah. I'm excited to see where this goes. Because there's so much on the playing field right now. We're getting backstory, which they're hinting at. And what we're going to get to is a little, some backstory of Johan. Yeah. As well as what will Kate get from this fucking creep? Yeah. Uh, will she succeed at that? Will she get free or whatever is about to, I don't know what's about to happen. Of course yeah. we do read ahead, but you can't, you can't tell from just this, this cliffhanger. Yeah. And then I'm like, what's going to happen with Roger? Is he going to return? Because this yeah. she's putting herself in danger for I mean, Roger's yeah, they're sake. killing characters. Like there's a there's a there is a world where Kate could die here. Like yeah. they definitely it definitely feels more dangerous now. Yeah, I yeah. agree. And then what the fuck's happened with Abe? Little lonely Abe slash Cole. <sighs> He's writing sad letters to himself. Little mm. journal entries. Yeah, big old. Victorian weirdo. <laughs> Poor guy. We want to hear your thoughts about uh, the Universal Machine and anything else we've covered. You can hit us up by emailing us at, at oh, crap, I help boy podcast at gmail.com. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at oh, crap, I help boy podcast, Twitter, oh, crap, hellboy. Um, and before we get out of here, you got these listeners a little, we're coming down to probably the last ever. <laughs> Prompts. Yeah. Because we're going to retire this at the end of I the season. So. <laughs> We've decided we're retiring it after season Although three. now I'm doing, I'm doing October. I can't believe I actually made it so far, like four They're days in. Fucking awesome. Thank I've seen you. them. I, I, I feel like I really need to go back and do my own fucking drawing prompts. Maybe like, you should. I feel like a real bomb. I haven't done them either. Oh, man. You're the artist, though. Uh, yeah, I really am <laughs> feeling, feeling pressure to finally do it. Um, Great, I well. guess we could draw like I want to incorporate like Daimyo's character maybe the like jaguar or something. Just draw, I don't know. Just draw that fucking jaguar. How cool he is! I don't know. <laughs> That's not a good prompt. Uh, well, who cares? You're excited about that jaguar? Yeah, I think he's so this cool. This week's we want to see your inversions of the jaguar um, image god that he saw before yeah. waking up, um, reborn. 
So that's this week's hashtag right hand to draw prompt. Uh, Daimyo's Jaguar vision. Yeah. Um, if you do contribute to this week's or any previous, even when after we retire this segment, um, you can do it at any time in the future. But if you do that, please tag us on Instagram. Use the hashtag right hand to draw. Um, that allows us to repost it on our feed so our watch, our followers can check out your art yeah. and that in the hopes that they'll follow you forever and you'll become a big rich artist <laughs> yeah. that's our goal you become big and rich a big rich, rich jerk <laughs> no i mean artist artist but that's it yeah again that's hashtag right hand of draw thank you again um for listening we do really appreciate you and we appreciate all your contributions um via email and following us online We'll see you next week um, with the continuation of the Universal Machine. That'll be part two, where we'll cover chapters three and four. So see you then, and remember... I love you. Hi, I'm Winston. And I'm David. And we're the hosts of a new podcast on Campfire Media called Try It, You'll Like It. And on our podcast, we have our guests eat a food they hate one last time. And we have so many crazy yes. We got amazing chefs. We have killer comedians. Bakers. Candlestick makers. Distillers. Brewers. Food writers. Oh, they're Ooh. writing about food. Ooh, they're probably having some food while they're writing about that yeah, food. Yeah, because we're eating food, and they're eating food, and you're listening to It Happen. All you ASMR heads, enjoy. Chomp, chomp. So check it out every Thursday at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Mmm, that was good. Campfire.